You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Getting to the bottom of these signals is of utmost importance to the Federation. You never forget your first jump. Spock had a vision. He called it the Red Angel and changed him. I will find him. Nothing is ever truly gone. Termination begets creation. It's why life is eternal. Captain Georgia. We joined Section 31. Fancy. You're going to have to start trusting me. I'm sure you need to get back to your snake pit. I would like to believe that somewhere within the unknown, there is purpose. And we are being guided toward it. Someone or something is going to end all sentient life in the galaxy. Need you to hold her together. We will figure it out. It is what we do. Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to Geek Fest Rant. My name is Carlos Perone, and today I'm joined by Steve Folks. We are going to tackle Star Trek Discovery Season 2. You know how big fans we are of Discovery, and we finally got around to going through the major plot points of this particular season, all the new things, what things we were really excited about, and what things didn't exactly work for us, but we hit it all. We're going to talk about all of it from beginning to end. So let's get started with Star Trek Discovery Season 2. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. All right, I'm here once again with Steve. Hi, Steve. How are you? Hey, Carlos. Hey, everyone. As promised, uh, you know this was coming. We, you know, we're big fans of Star Trek Discovery and. You know, we, we kind of tippy-toed a little bit around it before. I forget, maybe we were talking about the, the, the short treks or something, or or and, and we kept promising, we are going to talk about this show, we are going to talk about and here we are, we are going to go through season two. You know, obviously we can't go episode by episode, because that will probably take, uh, I don't know, about four hours or five hours. There's, uh, there's podcasts dedicated to just every episode being reviewed out there, and we, we cannot be that thorough. It's just too much information. But overall... Why don't we first give a general summary of, of what we thought the, the season covered in terms of obviously being different than the first season. You know, if you remember the first season, I remember it, it wasn't so much a cliffhanger because it was like something happened at the end that all of a sudden teased the fact that, holy crap, there's the Enterprise. You know, this modern version of the Enterprise. Obviously, you're not going to see the, the little model and, you know, all that stuff from the original show. Even though, believe it or not, if you think about it, it's kind of hard to watch a, a Star Trek episode that's being aired right now, an original episode that is not the modified one that they... I forget when the Sci-Fi Channel had it that they did this whole thing where they replaced the original special effects with newer special effects, I guess, to get people a little more interested in the show and that sort of thing. And I think now that's pretty much the only one I've been able to see anytime I watch, you know, a, a repeat of Star Trek in, in the local channels that I watch them here. Yeah, even on Amazon Prime, if you go back and watch the TOS episodes, it, it's, it's the new updated. Really? Wow. Yeah, it's, it's the new updated uh, version. So they did, they must, I guess they pulled, they pulled the Lucas in terms of... <laughs> If you're going to 
refer to it or examine it in any shape or form, you have to go to this special edition. If you, I don't know what they call it, this new and improved. I don't care. I don't mind. I, you know, I, I I'm fine. No, whichever it's not, they. Yeah, it's the, the changes they made from what I saw weren't as obvious as they right. were as they were in the special editions of Star no. Wars. It's not, it's not, it's not <laughs> in your face. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't change the the story. It doesn't make you hate or like anybody more it's their aesthetic changes you know there's special effects you know background paintings you know ships you know all that kind of stuff which again it doesn't bother me but this is about season two of discovery and last season you know as we we talked about it before it was a very i don't know if you want to call it a divisive season because with star trek any new product labeled Star Trek, you're going to have this problem that, you know, not my Star Trek, you know, you're going to run into that. That's, that's almost a guarantee now with just about anything you deal with, you're going to run into that, you know, part of the fandom that they're just not into it. And rather than walk away from it, they like to just sit there and just tell you how awful it is. It's like, why are you wasting your time? Go do something else. But we kind of muddled through it last year. You know, we were enjoying it while people, some people were hating it. And this year, it's a little strange, I think, the feel of the show, even though I still liked it, I felt like they were trying to kind of please some other people at the same time. So they were kind of trying to ride the line more this time than last time, because last time they weren't really riding the line. They they did what they wanted to do, and then they got the reaction afterwards. They didn't have that, that uh, feedback situation that you have when you get into a season. Did, did you kind of feel that that's the overall feel of the season, that it was different in tone? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from the first season, when they had that all that behind-the-scenes drama, they had to, they were switching, you know, yeah. um, showrunners and everything. So you can definitely feel that there was something going on in the first season. But now the second season, it was it was definitely, you can definitely feel, even right from the, right from the start, it, it was, you can tell the reaction from the, um, from the audience. It was definitely felt in the writer's room. You, you can tell. It was, they, they tried to take it into a, sort of a, a, a less, a less darker, more lighthearted, more fun, you know, type yeah. of approach to it. Yeah, yeah. Now the 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 story itself, like again, first season was very Klingon heavy. The beginning of the Klingon Federation war, and then the halfway through it, we got in, a little bit into the uh, mirror mirror universe. So those were like the two main places that we were visiting last season. This season, it all centers around a. What they call the Red Angel, this 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 creature, this appearance, this being that seems to show up in different places at different times, and create havoc in different uh, parts of the universe in different times, and the, the entire season basically centered around that, trying to figure out what this thing is that's that's creating this stuff and along the way we get a whole bunch of great new characters which is part of the formula of the show i think i mean we kind of knew this already we knew that burnham even though she's the star of the show she's never the captain of the ship so there seems to be a a formula if you will now where you'll have these incoming and outgoing characters every season maybe not for the entire season but at, at least for part of the season and this time around you know instead of dealing with Lorca who was the, the general you know captain that we were dealing with we, we kind of got used to it you know after a while yeah. this this year we have a guest captain if you will that's bringing us into this mission which is Captain Pike and why don't you uh, give us a little background and you know for those who have never heard of Star Trek before who is Captain Pike well when you say they bring in a guest captain that's, you know <laughs> they, they really you know pulled out all the stops for this one because it is quite a name so previously in um, the original series of star trek there was you know obviously captain kirk who was captain of the enterprise but before that kirk inherits you know quote unquote inherits the enterprise from a, a previous captain Ca- captain pike and so he he was never up to this point he was he's never really front and center in any of the shows or he, even the, the Kelvin time the Kelvin movies where with Chris Pine as Chris Kirk he, yeah, he was already, already in the wheelchair yeah well no no at first he wasn't you're right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah no he, he he was this was I, I guess in that universe that event never happened he, he's he recruiting Kirk he's yeah recruiting yeah yeah Kirk. he pretty much recruits Kirk into the Starfleet 
Um, so that, that, that was like the most we got of Pike. And that was technically not the original Pike, so to speak. So, well, um, so, so, uh, we, we are going to open that can of worms in, yeah, a, in a few yeah. minutes. <laughs> so, so in this season where they wanted to bring in, you know, the, you know, another captain, they figured, you know, we'll bring in the original captain of the Enterprise, you know, um, uh, Captain Pike. And so he would be now. If you're familiar with the original series, uh, the original series shows Captain Pike. He's in like this um, futuristic sort of like uh, wheelchair slash washing machine looking device. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's like all enclosed. His whole body's all enclosed except his head, and I think it's like his neck. And you can see his face is like sort of like you know mutilated, not mutilated, but sort of like burned, burned, sort of uh, scarred. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so he he doesn't have a great fate you know you know I mean, he's alive he can he can he, he's cognizant he, he, he can communicate so to speak but you know definitely not he's definitely seen better days so we, we see him here and this is all one timeline as they've told us this is all you know the prime timeline so to speak so this is before that event happens in the 1960s star trek um this is before you know this is when he's you know in his prime basically he's captain of the enterprise he has his you know number he's his you know right hand officer number one and so, so we meet him. This is where it picks up from the end of season one, where the discovery just gets out. Remember, universe right. there, and they they pick up a distress call from the Enterprise, who's being led by Captain um, by Captain Pike, and it drops us right into the middle, into the beginning of season uh, season two. But let, let me quickly jump in here with something that we you might want to chime in on. Obviously, that episode of of that we did where we met Captain Pike in the wheelchair. They played a lot of clips of. It's supposed to be a memory of of what happened a long time ago, where there is a Captain Pike in charge of the Enterprise, and he's on an adventure, and all that stuff was based on the different pilots, I think, that they had for Star Trek. The the initial pilot and then a secondary pilot, where Shatner was not the the lead star. They had a different actor uh, doing it, which ties into this a lot in terms of the fact that this Captain Pike later in this particular story will be completely tied to the events uh, that led to what happened to him. Yeah, in, yeah. In and many, many ways. Yeah, and this is probably my favorite you know, portion of the season. Um, we're probably jumping around a bit, but the, the, the episode where they... These episodes, If Memory Serves, I think I should have gotten the episode list, but I think it's it, the episode called If Memory Serves, <laughs> in which he sort of confronts basically himself in the yep. future. Yep. And he has to make sort of, he still has to make, you know, this choice. Rather, he, he, he takes the high road and, you know, accepts this fate for himself, or if he, you know, does something that probably most of us would do and try and has the ability to sort of change his, 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 his fate. And it's such a great scene. Like the, the the episode opens up with this sort of flashback and sort of callback to the original, actual, yeah, actual, actual, actual scenes, actual clips. Yeah. And it didn't look cheesy. It looked like it it works. It's like uh, it's not like when your typical nineteen eighties flashback episode where it's like a recap no, of like a the greatest hits of uh, of the season. No, no, this was this was so well done. The music was also so well done. Everything worked, it, and it was called "If Memory Serves." You're at, you're right. It was it was that one. Yep. And and yeah, that you know, you you do get to the point where not only is he interacting with with these beings that that we've they are the, the what is it, the Telosians, I think, yep. um, but he does see that that flashback or flash forward, if you will, memory, oh, yeah, that's right, or yeah, vision that's right. of yeah. him in the wheelchair, and then he also sees what leads to that the 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 some kind of reactor core breach or something that he has to stay in the, the specific room to get things done you know like a kind of like a spock star trek 2 kind of moment where he has to sacrifice not necessarily his life but his body to save i guess the rest of the crew or some people around there and then he's in that chair and that kind of wakes you up out of that scene and you're like oh my god and then, yeah, i'm watching it and I, I have my wife and, and my daughter over here and i'm like do you guys understand what this means and they're looking at me like what the hell's wrong with them you don't understand what this means this is so important important <laughs> only 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 us only we type of folk can, can get that sort of excitement out of this i love it and he was like oh never mind i'll just keep watching <laughs> but that 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 like you said yeah that that's like further further along i think that was let's see that was episode eight out of 14 so it's a little over halfway through the season so what we're finding is that as a result of this, you you know you would expect Spock to be in, in in the in the Enterprise, but part of the story is that Spock is off 
his rocker he's off he's out there somewhere they don't know where he is they they're accusing him of murder because he was in a an insane asylum or something and uh, obviously uh, pike doesn't believe what they're accusing uh, spock of of doing so uh part of the mission is not only are they looking for this red angel but they're also looking for spock at the same time and it, it takes quite a while for us to finally catch up to Spock, as opposed to him being there from the beginning like Pike. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and I, I knew they were going to do that, too. I knew they were going to sort of build up Spock to be, you know, sort, mm-hmm. of, sort of, I knew we weren't going to get him right from the beginning of the season. I sort of figured that they would want to, you know, keep him, you know, keep us watching, keep us, you know, you know keep us uh, Star Trek nerds, you know, really, really, you know, invested in these finally, you know, in the big reveal, you know, showing Spock, mm-hmm. which was actually sort of a, a, a not not a complaint of mine, but I felt like in this season was like after the reaction to season one, which a lot of people didn't enjoy because there was such a, a lack of focus on the actual bridge crew. And there was actually like a lot of people felt like the focus was so much on Michael Burnham that the rest of the crew never got their sort of due. So I think they tried to they tried to change that with season two and they did. I think they did a decent job. But then the fact that they had to then bring, and as much as I love Pike in this, you know, he's one of my favorite parts of the season, mm-hmm. they bring Pike and Spock in. So that, again, sort of then overshadows the rest of the crew again because right. we have these two big names like, oh, man, I can't wait to see, you know, Spock. Yeah. And and, and the guy that plays Pike, he's he's just incredible. I oh, remember yeah, seeing yeah. him. See, I remember him from uh, Hell on Wheels. That's the first time I saw him. It was a, a Western uh, show. And then he was in the... Oh, what was that uh, Marvel show, The Inhumans? Oh, was uh, with, it? Oh, really? Uh, he was in The Inhumans, which didn't last too long either, one season. Yeah. Uh, and uh, in Hell on Wheels, he had this huge fuzzy beard, so he looked very westerny. And then for, in, for, for Inhumans, he took off the beard, but that particular character was mute. So, or he wouldn't talk. That's part of his thing. He can't talk. If he talks, he will destroy people with his power of his voice or something. So, so they kept them quiet the whole season. It's like, wow, he's a very nice looking character, but he's not speaking. It's like, oh, great. And now you have him here, you know, which is like, great. They cleaned him up. They took his beard. Now he can talk and he can, and, and he's, one of the things I read is that he's such a perfect, kind of like an analog for 60s and 50s leading men he's yeah. the, the the square jaw chin you know you could you could see like a little star in his eye when he talks you know that kind of or like he smiles and they should insert like a little little lens oh, flare bing. you know jj abram <laughs> bing, you know that kind of thing but it works and for this show it it kind of balances everything because on one hand you have the very realistic you know diverse crew and then you have this this guy who is so I don't know. He's so cliche that he that he's another different kind of person because he's such a cliche. Yeah, right. And, and it's it's a perfect dichotomy to the rest of the series because the series is very dark, gritty, and that's why I, I, I was afraid that they were going to make Pike into like you know they're going to change his character and make him sort of like oh you know it has to fit into this darker, gritty. Like universe, he's like a like a Batman be, type of character. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> he's going to be like ultra flawed, and he's going to have you know all these yeah. you, you know. But they actually kept his character and. and they made him into sort of like this, you know, um, uh, I, I hate to say Boy Scout, but this very like all all American, you know. Well, yeah, he's yeah, like but, a, he's like Captain America meets meets uh, James D. Kirk. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and I was just waiting for the moment when okay, they're, they're gonna give him some sort of drawback, and he's gonna have some sort of you know personality clash or something. But no, like he he kept making these great decisions. Like I, I was like, man, he, he guy's a great captain, um, which is completely at odds with uh, the previous captain Lorca. But right. I, I was really glad to see him, you know, get a lot. Of, um, he, he and he got a decent amount of time in the series, in this in the season too, where it wasn't like you know no. they present the plot and then they just hand it off to you know Burnham or someone else. So he he was pretty much he was in focus for most of the episodes. So I was right. He, he definitely had a yeah. He definitely had a role to play, and I think he he played it very well. As a matter of fact, people I've been reading a lot of people are buzzing about where where are we going to get a spinoff. You know, yeah. with him and and his number one. You know, she was pretty good too. And obviously, Spock by the end. You know, again with the beard, he's he's got the beard for half the the episodes, and then by the end, he takes off the beard. And we're getting so close to you know, he's wearing the blue shirt and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> well, well, it's funny. Like once I saw him without the beard, then I, then I was like, ah, I don't know. Actually, I think he actually, he actually reminds me of a better Spock with the beard. Actually, I, I kept thinking because I mean, I remember like in Star Trek the motion picture, it's like shouldn't he have like slightly blue? 
under his eyes because they, they, they I remember they with his makeup they gave him like a little bit of a bluish tint to it and it's like aren't you supposed to be getting close to motion picture but it's not this isn't motion picture as uh, Spock this is this is Star Trek Spock so you know they gotta but again you know obviously the, the uniforms look close to what we're used to you know the, oh, the, the colors oh the uniforms look great yeah that's you know, another they, thing they, too they, yeah. they went to the to more towards the, the retro colors you know the retro style yeah, and I never had, and again, this is a, a problem people, uh, I swear, Star Trek fans will fight over anything, but <laughs> but but people also had a problem with, with the Discovery uniforms, where they're like, oh, oh. Those, those look so silly, they look like military uniforms to me, I don't see a big deal, but, but I, I will admit, I, I actually enjoy the, um, the, the newer classic uniforms, technically. Right, and you can two. kind of I, see. I really, I really like them, they were... You can kind of see in the progression of the show, as far as this particular timeline goes, that this is the new styles. I, mean, I think they mentioned. I think they even mentioned something about like, oh, these are the new uniforms or something. Yeah, the first somebody the first they have a gate. They're like, these are the new uniforms. Yeah, guys. so <laughs> like, wink, wink. <laughs> you can kind of tell that if we were to continue in this timeline, little by little, Federation ships will have those new uniforms which is okay that makes sense i'm fine with that i'm cool with that yep and a lot of people were saying oh see they're retconning they're they're just pandering to the fans now like no i i, 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 mean, I mean yeah i guess you could say that but there that's how um, if you look at a history of military we're not we're not wearing the same uniforms we are from the you know the 1920s it's you know uniforms change yeah well uh, it's, you can't you you can't even get into that argument yeah, but yeah. one other thing that was introduced into the into this uh, season was the fact that it was very klingon what's the opposite of heavy light I it was did. very klingon light and we do get initially in the first couple of episodes i think the fact uh, you know it's already spoken in the beginning the fact that tyler is 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 already because it some time has passed already and tyler now is with the klingons but there is a problem because of the child that is that was born. I think was he born during the last season or no, no, because he's, in between he's, seasons. He's revealed, yeah, it's, it, I guess it's, it's technically between seasons because it's revealed that he exists basically. Right. Season, so so they, they have to kind of fake his death because the the child's death to be able to put him into hiding, and they also have to uh, do, do they pretend they killed tyler also or they kill something they, they yeah to... yeah they, they, they pretend that, they, that tyler's dead and the baby is dead so that the mother now is in charge of the klingon Pharrell. empire and she's yeah. in charge and the hell with that guy but in reality she knows he's alive the baby's been put away somewhere safe and tyler is is working with like the secret uh what is it, section 31 yeah section 31 section 31 so he's now this shady you know, half Klingon, half human individual. But the baddie this time around ends up being some kind of a, I don't know how you could explain, like a computerized, all-knowing, data-collecting virus or something? Is that how, how would you describe it? I would describe it as Google. <laughs> Basically, what you, what you yeah. describe, it sounds like, sound like you're describing Google. Some all-knowing. <laughs> no, but it's called, uh, it's, yeah, it's called Control, where it's, um, it's basically, it was created by um, Section 31 as sort okay. of like a Skynet-type sort of yeah. scenario where they could have like some sort of like all um, NSA-like, you know, uh, ability to sort of, you know, monitor everything. Because, Section 31 is like this clandestine spy organization. And this is never really explained, but somehow it becomes sentient of itself and it wants to get more... Now, is this the same Section 31 that appears later in all other incarnations of Star Trek? Yeah, it's it's the same, much to some fans' dismay. Yeah, it's the same Section 31. But because this is a prequel, it's... This is before Section 31 had to sort of go underground because if you watch the other later series like Deep Space Nine, Section 31 is very like no one really knows about them. They're very in the shadows, very murky. They operate, you know, completely outside of the Federation. And in this, they're much more upfront. Like this would be on the level of like the CIA working with the FBI or something. You know, the mm-hmm. the organizations are known. You, you know, people know about them. They're just what they do is secret. Yeah, but their existence is known. Now the powers of this this uh, I don't know if you want to call it a creature, this program, whatever you want to call it. It's to some point I remember where we were getting close to the end of the series, and in the manner that this virus would infect 
not only a program, but other people so directly that they could just kind of touch and inject them with the virus. It was, yeah. People were saying it was very Borg-like. And could they be kind of laying the groundwork for the uh, the proto-Borg, if you will? Which the only thing I kept remembering was at some point, and I think it might have been in, maybe it was Next Generation, and Guinan talking to Picard about, oh, the Borg, we knew them a thousand years ago or something like that. So it's like... Could this be a, a pro? Well, now, granted, if you're dealing with time travel, all the rules go out the window. Yeah, but much. do you think this could be a Borg thing? Because some people are, no, get out of here, get out, no Borg, no Borg. But some people are saying, yes, this is a Borg uh, nod. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, and this and that was instantly where my mind went once once I started seeing like this, <laughs> once I started seeing like the scenes of um the nanobots of, of, of and all that. And, yeah, being like uh, sort of quote unquote assimilated. Yeah. You know, once I saw that, I was like, okay, and I had like the green like laser things. Like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I think pretty sure they're gonna introduce the Borg. But like you said, you know, I thought that the Borg would have already existed. In, in fact, in the show Enterprise. There's an episode uh, um, with the Borg in it, so I figured, I was like, okay, if it's not if it's not the creation of the Borg, maybe it's like how they got more advanced or something, or how they, you know, maybe they were a very rudimentary, you know, sentient life, you know, but then somehow this happens and they are able to, you know, improve themselves, upgrade, so to speak. But yeah, I don't know. It's never been. I don't think. I don't think they've said you know yes or no to it. But mm-hmm. it, it is very interesting. Like the similarities are very you know. Right, right. So as as we get further and further along in the story, as 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 they're finding all these connections and all these appearances, obviously we get to meet all these different worlds and blah blah blah. We get to a point where they realize that, or they're thinking that the this red angel is Burnham from a different timeline or from a different time period. And it ends up not being her, but her mother, which then then opens up this whole thing about, wait a minute, this has something to do with what happened to her parents, which was, I believe, in the beginning of the story of season one, the theory or the, the tale was that she was, her parents were killed by Klingons. Was that what it was? Or by... By Klingons, yeah. Right, and the Klingons. But there was also something about Vulcans that were reveling against Vulcans and they were like a terrorist Vulcan organization too or something like that. Um, the, what was that the, about? The, the full details are, 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 I would have to go back and, and, and rewatch. Yeah, I, I know her, her parents, like they were involved in Section 31 or something where the fact that uh, yeah. at the end, Leland's talking to, um, uh, I think it's Giorgio, and, and she's telling him uh. what happened and saying that it was this Section 31 sort of cover-up, so they had to, like, not frame the Klingons, but the, the Klingons were were there for a reason of Section 31. They were con- conducting experiments yeah, or something, experiment. and they got yeah, caught, yeah. something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, we, 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 we do find out that, guess what? The, the, I guess the, the mother was able to survive by jumping back and forth in time through, I guess, some of these experiments that they were doing. And that's what created this whole issue. Now, the thing is that part of the story involves her fighting this control entity in different periods in time. That's why it seems to be hopping from place to place. Which, okay, you're going to throw the time travel monkey wrench into things. Okay, let's let's see how that works. Because obviously, anytime you mess with time travel, you know, your story could go in so many different directions. So, yeah, if you're dealing with time travel, it's always a little iffy because you never know which direction people are going to take it in. And theoretically, in the first season, the Mirror Mirror universe, is that considered, would you consider that a multiverse environment? Or is the Mirror Mirror universe something different that doesn't necessarily become a multiverse environment? From how I take it, I, I think it is a multi, more of a multiverse because it's it's not it's not time travel at all because the, the two exist you know right. next to each other. So right, time wise, it's the yeah, same time. Yeah, time wise, it's the same thing. But I I do believe that you know if you were to go into the the Mirror Universe, you know that is technically another another universe. Really, it's it's it's. it's but let me ask you a question. If you go back in the mirror, mirror universe and in our timeline, the Star Trek timeline, do you get to a point where they're exactly the same and they branched off 
depending on some event that happened, whether it's important or not important, or are they always different? No, I think it's not the fact that they branched off, or if they, if they, or if they did, it was so far back that it was a, sort of like I guess like sort of the beginning, because they're they're always going no matter what point you go to, they're always going to be the like like literally the mirror opposite of yourself is going to be there. So it's not the fact that it's you know it branched off like in sort of some, some sort of like Back to the Future type thing. It's 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 just the fact that it's opposite. You're saying it's different than the Kelvin timeline because the Kelvin timeline started based on an event yeah. that was triggered yep. by Spock and uh, Nero. Yeah, yeah. That branched off. Yeah, that, and now that you got yeah. JJ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that forked okay. off. That that's I guess technically like a tangent universe. I guess this is the fact right. that it's it's literally the opposite of whatever happens in the Prime universe. It's so confusing. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so so we so that has been you know okay so th- th- this does exist at this point or it's at least it's acknowledged that it exists. So are there any other specific moments that are important that you think? Oh, I'll tell you one. Another good new character. I think her last name was Reno, and she was that oh, Jet, Jet yeah Reno. she was like that technician uh, that they they find really early on their the mission, and then later on she's there and she's again a very good, very human sounding down to earth snippy you could say she's a little bit of a scotty you know in terms of how direct she is and like overly direct and and <laughs> and, and she also is good with the doctor because she's always like taking him down a few pegs and that kind of stuff so that was another good new character that they threw in the mix yeah yeah i really enjoyed it. I, I, I like the fact that you know it was sort of it was sort of random right i mean it was they found her you know she was a lone survivor yeah. and they just brought her on board and she became part of the crew which i i i always liked the idea of not having some because a lot of times tv shows get so like scripted with new people like they'll say okay here's you know this new person and you know they'll join us for x amount of episodes i, I like the fact that it was, it was just sort of like you sort of like picked up on the fly, really. Yeah, and I, I, um, I, I, I love I loved her dialogue. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah, whoever's writing her, her dialogue is great. Yeah, it was very spot on. It was very like snarky yeah. and not, not not malicious or anything, but it, it, she sort of put other people in their places, you know, when they were, you know, when they came at her or anything. I, I really, I really. She sounds like a, to me. She sounds like an angry fan. Like she knows the <laughs> she knows the lingo, but she's just upset about it. She's just like, Ugh, you know. Uh, but no, I, definitely good. And obviously Spock, the guy that's playing Spock. You know, he at first it was a little. I had to warm up to him a little bit, but then it was like, yeah, he's yeah. getting it. He's he's not only is he getting it, but he's owning it. After a certain point, way before he takes off the beard, his interactions with Burnham and how they kind of come to terms with each other because she's trying to reach out to him and he's just giving her the cold shoulder and eventually they kind of get through each other uh, to be able to kind of reconnect and learn about their, you know, their their upbringing and what happened, you know, with all those earlier events, which was really, really good. Yeah, yeah, which we probably bring that up too. Yeah, part of like the sub, like the sub subplot was the fact that Burnham and Spock had like this, because uh, you know, they're technically, you know, right. siblings. You know, adopted students, obviously. Um, so what? In, in earlier in the past, they had this sort of break between them emotionally, and Burnham sort of said, you know, some pretty nasty things to Spock. It sort of caused him to retreat even more. So, and they never really recovered from that. And so it, it sort of created this rift between them, which never was fully healed. And so now, currently, when Burnham was trying to, you know, find Spock because she heard that he was on the version of mental breakdown mm-hmm. apparently he didn't want anything to do with her and he was still very you know emotionally you know closed off for all those years in between which which to me was great it was a great idea but leading up to all like because we had like half a season to find out what was the cause of you know the the rift between them and i guess this is more my fault i was building this up to be like this oh man what did she do right. you know what you know this this big event that was supposed to you know separate these two you know two brother and sisters and then it, we see it happen on screen it's like oh she sort of just you know insulted which i you know that's probably a, 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 a you know if you're young yeah you know you can take insults to heart definitely but it just seems like this is like 15 yeah. years of it's a animosity grudge. between yeah. each other. And <laughs> yeah, a big Let me ask you a question because I don't remember exactly if this was revealed in this season or the previous season that Savick had to pick one of the two kids to be in the academy and he picked Spock. And that is something that's always in the back of her mind. Was that the first season? Yeah, yeah, that, that, was, the okay. first, that was the first season. Yeah, yeah, that was when they, that was when you first get to see um, Savick. Now, 
as we get close to the end of the season, there was an episode that kind of bothered me a little bit, which was the second to last episode, because it was obvious to me that that episode was kind of setting up this emotional, we're about to do something big, so we want to just tell everyone how much we love everyone. And I get that. <laughs> I understand that. And I don't know if there was a better way of doing it. How, how, you know, how would you have done it? Because obviously we're such experts at this that you and I could write this. And we should be oh, writing. We should be in the writing. Send the money apparently. directly to our channel here. We can, you know, we'll write all these episodes. But there was something about that episode that was like, okay, I get it. We all, we, we, we love each other. We're going to die. This is the episode where every, just like every other episode, we could die any episode. But it felt like such an anticlimactic setup. Now, don't get me wrong, I like the last episode, but for some reason, I don't know, I just felt like the, the pacing was a little off or wasted to try to get me to believe, because I already do believe that these characters like each other, but to show the audience that for an entire episode felt like a bit of a waste of an episode. This is where it touches upon my grievances with the season. So we went from season one where we don't get any new backstory on the characters, we don't get really any emotional connection between mm -hmm. them, and then in this season, we see, um, the, the, you know, the, the writers are trying to do their best to, to try to, you know, turn that around. But they sort of shoved it all into one episode. And that's what I think we got. Like, like we got the episode where, um, where we see the backstory of Ariam, you know, the, the woman who's encased in the, sort of like the robotic suit before she dies. Yeah, I was so confused at first. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, who is yeah. this? Wait a minute, did I miss an episode? Did I miss a character? And then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, they, I get you know, it. Oh, yeah, they're building up her backstory. <laughs> and then, you know, but then she, you know, she's killed, you know, later on the episodes, you know, spoilers. Now, let me ask you a question. Don't you think that would have worked a little better if she was one of the sec not the second, but the tertiary characters, either either the either of the the other two women if it was her, it would have felt a little more real. Yeah. Rather than create create a disposable, create a red shirt, basically, so you can dispose of it and make you feel bad. Yeah, yeah. They, they could have taken advantage of that. Yeah, I know, yeah. And I mean, she wasn't in season one, but she's just so relegated to the back, you know, mm. we hardly noticed her. So then they shove us some backstory, you know, into the front episode, you know, so I'll feel bad for her, and then they kill her. So it's, it's, yeah. it's still manipulative. But, but, but to your point um, previously, yeah, there seems to be like this episode where they wanted to cram as much, you know, feeling and emotion as possible, but it just came off as, like, I appreciate what they were doing, but they should have spread it out over the whole season instead of shoving it all into yeah. one episode. Um, because yeah. it's, then it felt very, very uneven because then the next episode, like you were saying, was just all action. It was just oh. this big space battle, which should have been, oh been great. I, I mean, I, I really, I liked the way it looked. I liked the way, you know, the sound and the, you know, CGI was beautiful, but it just felt like it was just a little too much. Like, like the first, the first episode, you know, was just, all, uh, I mean, the second to last episode was all emotion, all character building. And then the second one was just all action, all explosions. So it felt, it felt very uneven to me. And even for me going through the whole like storyline of the whole like control taking over, like it felt like it was just sort of, you know, been done already. Like, I, so I was, I was, so I wasn't sort of invested into it as much as I wanted to be. I, I'm not sure how you felt about the whole, you know, control storyline as a whole. It, it really didn't bother me. I wasn't that, I mean, I liked the first season more as far as bad guys go because I liked the Klingons. I liked seeing the Klingons being Klingons. Yeah. This was, again, a, a, a typical, if you want to call it typical, a Borgy kind of, you know, crazy machine, crazy technology-based bad guy, which, okay, we've done it now. Let's move on to something else. I get it. Fine. That's, that's okay with me, but yes, the, the, that last episode with the battles, you know, again, and I mentioned this and you mentioned this on the first season, I feel like I'm watching a, a film every time I see this show when it comes to special effects. Yeah. I was, you know, normally, <laughs> normally I sit on my couch and I start to lean back and I lean back a little more and I start to angle and my angle goes to the side. And my head hits the back of the couch, and God forbid anything hits my head, I start to get sleepy and sleepy. For this show, I have to sit up, put my feet on the ground, and sit upright because it is, it, I feel like I'm watching a movie and I don't want to, I, I feel like guilty if I fall asleep because it is just such a an experience to watch these battle scenes there. 
I mean, again, they're they're like again for people that don't like J.J. Abrams, they're J.J. Abrams movie quality scenes. I mean, I don't, th- and I know some people complain that they're a little too much. They're a little, you know, I. I I don't like Transformers action. It's just too much. I get dizzy. I don't know what I'm looking at. I feel like I'm underwater upside down because the <laughs> movement is so crazy. Here, they do go crazy with the movement. Don't get me wrong, but it feels good in, in, in the way that they do it. The space battles, all of that flying through space kind of stuff, even if it's in uh, you know those armored suits they were using or those smaller fighters. I, I cannot complain at all about the special effects. One of the greatest space scenes in this second season to me was, you know, the, the first season had that first opening battle of um, the bi- battle of the binary stars, which was great. You know, that was, oh, yeah. that, was that, that sort of set the you know, standard for what we we're going to expect. But for this season, I loved the, 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 the shot of that, Klingon cleave ship that where it just, oh, de- where yeah. it just decloaks and then like, it decloaks right in front of the uh, of the um, of the section thirty one ship and just tears through it. It was like yeah. stuff like that. Like you, you know, it's 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 inventive. It's different and it just looks <laughs> gorgeous. I, I, I a part of me was really hoping that they would sort of wrap all these episodes up and put it on into like maybe like a one night feature in a movie theater or something just so we can see <laughs> it like in IMAX on like a big yeah, screen because no some of the scenes and some of the battles would just fit perfectly yeah. on an uh, IMAX screen. Now on the other hand when it comes to a little again to criticize a little bit of the writing also during those that last episode the fact that in this last battle and you know that's I understand it's, it's I don't know if you want to call it a cliche but you know the good guys are winning and oh no the good guys are losing now and oh my god they're gonna all die and then the Klingons show up okay the Klingons show up yeah Klingons show up everybody okay we're, we're evening it out a little bit but wait then you have these other guys show up and then the queen of whatever shows up and it's like Okay, maybe you did it just a little too much of too many random other people. Uh, granted, okay, because the, the queen we saw her during the short the short treks and yeah. and and Saru's, uh, uh, which I never remember Saru's planet uh, having a, a space force or a space whatever the yeah, hell you want to call that, it. That that felt a little like too much of a convenience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're 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 one hundred percent right. And I view the term as Deus Ex Machina, where you know they right. have like this, you know. It, and don't get me wrong, I'm screaming, yeah, go go! <laughs> but then I think about, it, I'm like, yeah, that was a little too convenient yeah, see I, I think less is more sometimes and like the Klingon showing up that's great I well, I love that it's perfect the thing where they they bring in Saru's people that felt a little too much only because this if you follow the storyline which which happened maybe uh, in timeline wise that was maybe three days ago from the, from the, you know when we saw them last Oh, they had uh, just to give you guys the background is is the Kelpians are like this prey species where they're right. kept under strict lock and key basically by another race called the Baul, and the Baul you know prevent them from you know any technological advancement. They have to like give like sacrifices to the Baul. They're basically their masters. So to, so you're telling me in four days? I'll say maybe a week. I'll give them that. Maybe maybe it was. Was there some kind of tra- time travel? element that we missed yeah really because like in Did, you're telling me in like in a few days though like they they they, they took the bow ships learned how to fly them and then then came to the aid and were now expert pilots like i, I don't there has a either either we're missing something or because they, i remember with the klingons when when pike goes to visit the klingon cave of whatever remembrance i don't know what the hell you call it and I he meets this place, this <laughs> he meets this guru who ends up being the child of Tyler, but because time works different, he's an older man. Oh yeah, but that's and we're like, wait a minute, this is different here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that have anything to do with 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 this final battle maybe taking place time wise later? No, because the queen of what the hell? She was just the same old queen. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so that, that I don't time, understand that, that time jump was just localized to that monastery. I don't think even on the planet. Yeah. Th- that time travels differently. It's, it's literally just localized to that monastery where, where time. Yeah, where time that didn't that didn't have anything to do with that. The other re- complaint that I heard that I kind of agree with also was that right before that battle, Burnham gets a visit from her parents, and it seems super convenient that they're so far away from everything. <laughs> That her parents can just get on a bus and arrive there and, hey, good luck. We're all counting on you. Goodbye. <laughs> it's like that that conversation should have been done over over a hologram or something. Yeah. But it just yeah. I mean, I understand the emotional connection of being physically close to the to her parents 
it, it looks better on camera, but I think, again, story-wise, I think it it was a little not thought out too well. Yeah, then you can go on the argument of, well, why didn't Sarek and Amanda just bring help from the Vulcans with them? Like, if, if, if you're coming, if, if, if you're knowingly going, <laughs> if you're knowingly going to, 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 to meet your daughter who might die in a battle, you might you might want to say, hey, my friend's Vulcans, you might want to send some tips to help these guys out. My daughter's with them. So. It, reminds me, it reminds me of uh, Leslie Nielsen in Airplane right before they are about to crash land. He's like, I, I just want to know that we're, we're, we're all behind you. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> we're, all, we're all counting on you. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> it's like, what, what was that? <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, let's go to the end because let's just say Let's just say the good guy wins, more or less. The good guys always win, but they have to sacrifice something in order to win. And the sa- what they have to sacrifice is not only Vernon's mom has to jump back into into time travel to to, to kind of trap this uh, control into following her or whatever, and the discovery also has to kind of go with her too in that direction. Yeah. And and they were saying it's supposed to be something like nine hundred and God knows how many years. Nine fifty. Which I'm also. Which I'm also th- into the future, and I'm also thinking. Wait a minute, wasn't there a short Trek episode about a, the ship being a thousand years in the future, abandoned somewhere? Which was a really cool episode. I was like, oh, maybe that's got something to do with that. But uh, I didn't realize this. We talked about this. I didn't realize that they were actually going forward in time. I figured they were just kind of like jumping into whatever, and and they were going to be able to jump back out of whatever. But no, they. This kind of sets up. A really unusual, I don't know, plan, if you will, from the writers that the next season is going to take place in the future. And and it, it kind of worries me a little bit because it's like if there is a, a layer in this season of trying to course correct what people were criticizing about the first season, which I absolutely had no problem with. I wish they would do more of what they did in the first season. Does that mean they're trying to get the show away from the timeline to just get people to shut up about how, well, the ship doesn't look the same and the shirt is different and his hair is different and blah, 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 blah. You know, are, are they moving away from, from the, the regular timeline indefinitely? Or do you think this is just another season of something different and then eventually they'll have to return? Even though by the end of this episode, you can kind of see how they're tying up all the loose ends of talking to the Federation and saying, okay, this incident, we're not going to talk about it. Spock is not going to say a word. Pike is not going to, nobody's going to say a word. Nothing happened. I don't have a sister. Hey, Star Trek is about to start. Everybody be quiet. (laughs) Do you get that feeling? 100%. I mean, they were to the point where it was like beating you over the head. Like, (laughs) and like after I was done with the episode, actually, I I, I recalled the scene from Indiana Jones at the end of it when they're putting away the ark and the big, I can imagine them pushing the discovery into like a big train. (laughs) (laughs) Like never, never talking about it again. Um, Yeah, no. Because they're heading to a, they're, they're heading to the future, not to an alternate universe yeah exactly heading yeah, to the yeah. future yep so and and have we seen any how far have we gone in star trek lore as far as tv shows go like for example like next generation how far has next generation gone as opposed to i mean two three hundred years or something or? i think so but i think the furthest one out was voyager i think that because when voyager okay. happens i think voyager was the the, the farthest out and also time-wise and space-wise like, because you know they get you know trapped out so we are going a play a place we've never seen never no no that was way i mean past I, I, I remember i remember i think it was voyager or something where they, they show you the enterprise j Oh, which is like this huge. future, but again, that's a over one the quick top ship. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what year that was supposed to be, where the the the, the temporal wars and blah blah blah. Or I don't know if that was DS Nine. I don't even remember anymore. But I guess they are going into a place we've never seen before. I, I just honestly hope they don't stay there because I hope the writers are not just doing it just to get people to stop complaining. Uh, it's I hate like, to break no. it to you, but I think yeah, I think we're staying there, and I think they are doing it just to just to appease cool. them. Because and on one hand, I agree with you. I think that. You know, it, I, I just want to see some, you know, the stuff that we know, we know from Star Trek. But the fact that there were so many people just being just crying about how it breaks canon <laughs> and the fact that, you know, and, and, and if we can just shut those guys up and, and you know, and not have to hear them complain or anything, you know, fine, I'll take it. And, and the only good thing about it is the fact that we'll get to see some, you know, uh, new, really creative new storylines because there's going to be literally they can do anything they want to at oh yeah of course but it's also nice when the show is grounded on something we know and recognize yeah 
yeah, again, yeah. this is you could have this discussion. You know, this could be the last Jedi all over again for all we know. Yeah. But I, I hate to break it to you, just like you just broke it to me. <laughs> but I'm going to break it back to you. I have a feeling that the people that dislike the show because it doesn't show, doesn't make me feel like when I was six. They're not going to like the show anyway, no matter where the show goes. They're still going to complain about anything you... Uh, why is Burnham... Well, this show is just uh, SJW and this is the, 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 the women in the ship. They're still going to hate that. Yeah, It's like, yeah, why, right. why give them an inch if they're going to just crap all over it? You're right, you're right. Uh, and, and the fact that, you know, it, it seems like even in this season, it, you know, I did have my problems with this season, but this season to me was, it was very good. Very, 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 very good. Yeah. But it was still, there were still people that, that, you know, we were still bringing up. There, it's like they were trying to go out of their way to find things to, 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 <laughs> to, 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 to dislike, which boggles my mind. Like, do you wake up and like find things that you don't like about life? Like, I just, it just, I don't know how you go through life like that. that takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, it's a more, lot it's of work to like find things that you, you know don't like about something <laughs> and focus on it. Um, but you know what's a great motivator to do that? Money. Yeah. Money is such a great motivator because if somebody pays you or if you make money doing that, you'll do it. You'll get out of bed. You'll set the alarm just to hate something. Yeah, it's that's worth true. it. It's worth it. it, it just, just wrap up a few a few points I had on on the season itself. It, it, I was actually pretty more broken up than I was than I thought it would be was to see the uh, the admiral die. Admiral Cornwell. Yeah, because she had a much bigger role this season, and she had a few nice moments with Cobra. Like Cobra was, you know, that's another thing we probably didn't even touch on. Where Cobra was yep. pretty much brought back to life, basically. And he, yeah, and, and he had right, and he has to kind of come to terms with the fact that he doesn't feel like he's himself anymore. And I, I'll tell you what the thing I'm glad they didn't do. Because this is a controversial character, because he is a gay character with the Doctor, I'm glad they didn't go the route of he's, you know, he's reborn now, so he's no longer gay. <laughs> I'm glad been, they didn't do that, that, that because I'm like, been, uh, I'm like, what? <laughs> so, but no, it's the fact that he's a different person. He's just not into him at that moment because he's still kind of figuring it out. But I'm glad that by the end, he kind of came back to, to his old self, more or less. And kind of reconnected with him, so I'm glad that happened. Yeah, oh, because I'm like, oh no, don't do that. Because oh, please, that, that, that would be a huge mistake. I, I, I think I think I would have had been the angry fan at that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he, he kept his character, and 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 I suspected that they they wanted to write some drama in, you know, to give him sort yeah. of like this, you no, know, you know, post you know, mortem stress, really. So, you know, that was fine. And it worked. I think it worked. And I don't know if originally they were planning on getting rid of that character. And then as you, you know, sometimes you hear people react really well to a character. So they have to figure out a way of writing him back in or or keeping him. You know, I don't know if that's what happened. I don't know if this was was intended all along. Oh, yeah. No, no, it it was uh, because they they were planning to kill him. But, um, but in fact, in fact, um, I I, I do some sort of, sometimes I tweet to some of the actors and, and, you know, the the Star Trek uh, writer's room and everything. And so, okay. and so it, now his name is escaping me. The actor who plays um, Cobra um, responded to one of my tweets saying, oh, uh, wow. yes, saying that, you know, don't worry, uh, I'm come, you know, coming back. They, they found like, you know, it was really great, you know, story beat for me to come back into. So, and but, I like know. the fact that he also looks different. He looks older. His hair is grayer. Yeah. yeah. So it's like him it's being, uh, yeah, him being reborn also physically changed them too. So that's like, well, he looks a little different. It's like, what's something's off. Yeah. And Stamix, he's not, I mean, he's still a jerk a lot of times, but I like the fact that the doctor can kind of put him in his place. He yeah. can kind of calm him down and like, stop being a jerk be nice and he'll he'll kind of get nice again and then he'll be a jerk again tilly i really didn't see much growth in her this season she's uh. still kind of flippy whoopy you know but i guess that's her character now and I, I don't know every now and then they do give her something important to do and you know her connection with the queen that was the obviously part of the okay we need everybody's help to, to beat the bad guy so that was her connection so that was that was all right yeah, I guess. That, that was okay like, i felt like they overdid tilly sometimes i i, I felt like because um it, in the first season, like she got like, a lot of like attention, like people really yeah, liked she her. Did. Um, but I think then I think they sort of swung the opposite way. But I think they gave her a little too much, you know, comedy. Where because it, it, like I wanted to take her more seriously because in the in the beginning of the season we learned that she was going through the whole like um, academy training for like for, for like a captaincy yeah, uh, training yeah, yeah. training role, which is I guess they have like a track for certain students mm-hmm. uh, or certain cadets. 
which is which is, uh, you know, I thought that was great. That was cool. You know, some sort of like you no know, sub storyline like that. But then they kept bringing her in, and all of her lines were more of like comedy based. Like she, they, she yeah. became more of a joke, really. And, and I mean, there were certain scenes, like you said, with the the queen, um, which I thought was a great idea, bringing her back. It, it, they seemed to play Chili more for comedy this time, and I was like, eh, I don't know. I, I, she was. Yeah. I wanted to take her more seriously. Yeah, and then Saru, uh, again, through the short treks, that I think we got more out of him. And then we, when he returns to the planet, we, you know, we get a little more out of him. But I, I really didn't get any standout moments uh, from him this time around. In terms of during the first season, you know, there was this friction between him and Burnham and how they kind of have to come to terms with each other. That does, you know, they can't do that again. They can't repeat that. You know, it, it'd be repetitive if you have them again. I don't trust you. You don't trust me. You know, that kind of thing. Okay, it's been done already. So I, I don't know what else they can do with him. And I know maybe this is part of the formula of the show is that certain characters, which is, I don't know if you can call it a trend or or, or just the way modern writing works, successful writing, you know, the, the Game of Thrones formula of, yes, certain characters are going to die and they want you to to attach yourselves to a character because they will kill that character off at some point. So I don't know, maybe that's what's in the future for some of these characters, uh, that they do want us to to kind of cycle in and out through characters. I don't know. Uh, but the background characters, I really didn't get too much new information on them. You know, there's the there's the set there's there's the the A, the B, and the C, and then you have the even the like the non-speaking characters, but even the the C level characters, the other people in the bridge that get maybe one line per episode. <laughs> yeah, I guess at some point they gotta throw them a bone and give them something. Yeah, I was hoping I was hoping so. And we did get some like to me the scene started out like they were going to sort of go very heavy into the characters, but then yeah. it then it, it, it sort of mid season it sort of shifted back to being you know revolving around Burnham's story and everything, which is fine. Yeah. But it just seemed like you know it, it seemed like they were like going to address some of the concerns from the first season where it wasn't a lot of the character development. But then the, then it, towards the end of the second season, it just went right back to the same sort of you know um, focus heavy on Burnham and and fo- focus heavy on one central story. So mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't love. I, I would have liked it to be a bit more of a shared to you know all the characters you know in general um but we, we did get a decent amount we, we got some of detmer the, the girl with the, the sort of like bionicle eye sort of thing uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we got some of her um we got some we got a lot of saru which is which was good like you said some tilly so it was spread around to most of the crew um some of the, the bridge crew rather so yeah yeah so I, i'm i mean i'm looking forward to the third season obviously i mean what a shock if the first season was an a this season, I think, is something like a B plus. I would say, it's. I don't think it's as good. Overall, not as good. But there were such a good elements in it. Like for example, again, all the Pike stuff was A level material. The bad guys, eh? I can take them or leave them. I was more impressed with the with with the uh, with the Klingons of the first season. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where we're gonna go in the third season. Uh, I hope they do short the short treks again to kind of tease us into maybe what could be happening. Yeah, they, those they are. Yeah, they are. They are. I think I think they said they're gonna start them over the over the summer. From what I from, from what I hear. Good. 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 Yeah. So yeah, I'm mean, comparing the two. You know, uh, I I think this season had it had like higher highs. To me, if that makes any sense, like, like mm-hmm. it had it, like the moments that it did do right, m- m- more did, peaks and valleys. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I, it, what from, from the parts that it did right, it really knocked them out of the park. Like the whole Pike, you know, if memory serves, episode was just phenomenal. Oh. Um, <laughs> the, 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 first, the, the first season was good, but it was more consistently like okay, you know, it was more consistently good. It wasn't really like I didn't have any like wow moments where I was like, oh, this is the best thing ever. You know, I gotta rewatch this. So yeah, yeah. I mean, there's another great season, um, and I'm looking forward to season three. I think uh, I think we're gonna be there for a while. Though. I don't think it's gonna be a mirror mirror thing where we're gonna be in and out. I think no, no. I think we're gonna be there for a bit. And if they're gonna be messing around with time travel, I wouldn't mind not spending a lot of time, but maybe making a few pit stops along the way to other Star Trek time frames that we've seen before. Would- you know. Well- do a flyby by the Enterprise D or something, you know. <laughs> that would be cool. you, don't have, you don't have to get into conversations with people, but all of a sudden it's like, wait, are we here? No, wait a minute, this looks different. What's that ship? Oh, no, let's get out of here. That doesn't look like our sh- you know, that kind of stuff. They are starting the Picard series. So you know, there is opportunity yeah. for them to like sort of work in tandem with other series. There's a lot of, there's a Section 31 series coming out. So they have, and there's an animated, there's an animated series too. Yeah, yeah. So they have, they have the opportunity to sort of, you know, work now that they're all, you know, on the same, 
you know, timetable here, they can, they can easily, you know, reach over to one group and say, okay, we want to sort of, you know, maybe put in a story idea from, from the, from the Picard show and use it later on in, you know, the, yeah. in the discovery. So. Yeah. Well, overall, like I said, I'm very happy with it. I can't wait to them to start sending us information on what's coming up next and, yes. you know, when are they going to start shooting and when are we going to see a trailer and when are these short uh, treks coming and all that stuff. So I- I'm pretty sure we're, we're continuing with the show. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And with the amount of with the amount of money and everything they you know they put into oh. for the production value, it's like I said, it's a little movie. But again, thank you, Steve, for joining me today. This has been great, and we will return as soon as we have more information. Thanks, fellas. It was a pleasure. You know, the talking track is something that uh, we probably should do more of to rival off <laughs> the amount of Star Wars we talk about. No kidding, you got it. Thanks, Steve. Yep. Take care, everyone. All right, I hope everybody enjoyed today's show. Once again, I want to thank Steve for joining me and going over Star Trek Discovery Season 2. This was a very good second season for this particular version of the franchise. As you've heard, there were things we liked. There were certain things we didn't like too much. But we are just as eager as we were the first time to see what happens next. The show promises to take us to a different place that we haven't been to before. And I can't wait to see what direction it goes and to see what other directions the Star Trek franchise goes towards because there seems to be a sort of a resurgence, I think, of Star Trek interest. And I would bet that a lot of it has to do with this particular show's success. Standout characters this season, obviously Pike was a big, big plus, you know, for the show and obviously Spock. So who knows, maybe in the future we'll see some more classic characters visit the show so on behalf of everybody here thanks for listening and we'll see you here soon at geek fest rants bye bye everybody every moment is a test and everywhere i turn there's fear i'm responsible for 203 lives I'm tired of deciding which mission is too risky and which isn't, and who lives, but who dies. Insufficient facts always invite danger again. I was raised to believe that service was my purpose. I see an outsider, a child molded by wisdom and human compassion. We speak about the objective hardness of the Vulcan heart, yet how little room there seems to be in yours. I'm responsible for forging my own path. We all are. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at Geekfest Rants. I don't know what we're yelling about! Geekfest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2019. <laughs>「イシーロボット」